0: For the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. Calling all astral projectors. Calling all astral projectors. Now it's time for Tales from Beyond the Veil. Oh, the
1: recording started. Who is there? Who goes
2: there? (laughs) Who goes there?
1: Man. Hello?
3: Hello. Is that you, me? Dan? Can you hear me? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I thought we were talking to Conspiracy Carl.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Who goes there? <laughs> <laughs> Who's on you the line here? Got, we got We got, got and Matt Romero got so
4: far.
1: <laughs>
4: okay. Good. Yeah. We got George C. Romero. We got Matt Medney. Um, on the Dan Fogler Forty Experience, we're waiting for uh, uh, Brendan. Oh, here he comes, Brendan. We got a uh connect. Here
3: he is, man. It, Brendan just came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> was, I, it, cause,
3: cause this,
5: the computer lady said, "Please announce yourself." So I really took to heart. <laughs> yeah, Brendan.
4: <Bridget. laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> Okay, so I want to uh, welcome you guys to the show. Um, this is our uh, all-heavy metal, all-the-time uh, episode, and um, we got a lot going on, man. Um, each one of our guests is a creator, um, is a contributor to heavy metal, and um, and everyone who has been listening to my podcast for a while knows that um, my books are out, and uh, how much I love heavy metal, and how I was influenced by heavy metal in uh, all of my comic work. And I wanted to talk to you guys about your work, and um, just you know, familiarize the audience, and uh, just get everybody reading our stuff, man. That's, that's what that's what we're doing here. So first, I want to um, welcome guys, and then I want to talk to uh, Matt. And uh, oh boy.
2: Oh boy!
3: So <laughs> it's you like we're being called baby. to the principal's office one at a time. Exactly. Exactly. Time I, just,
1: I, I, I just, I just hear, I hear a mix between, you know, the Brooklyn Gladiator, the Man on the Moon, and Conspiracy Carl talking to me, and all three <laughs> of those as one entity scares the shit out of me. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's all all different personalities in my mind, <laughs> and, and I want to thank you for uh, letting them come to uh, fruition and see the light of day in like you know, material form. Um, so okay, so you you have a book, man. You have a book called uh, Beyond Kuiper that's out. That I is, do. Um, epic, and. Um, <laughs> and so okay so so tell us um about beyond kuiper and tell us how you um what your relationship is to heavy metal and uh and how you got involved with heavy metal and are now the maestro there collecting all these uh the talent that's on the, the phone with <laughs> us you now. so
1: so so i uh, as Dan alluded to, I I, uh, I run Heavy Metal. I'm the CEO over there, and I I've been there now for almost a year. It, 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 uh, I think Dan we met probably a year ago this week. Uh, I think is when we met, like was the last week of October of last year, which is crazy. To Happy think
5: anniversary.
1: <laughs> and I, I, got, I got involved with the, with the magazine because uh, one of the investors who was, uh, you know, right time, right place, was looking for a new, a new management team, and I got introduced to him, and here we are uh, creating a bunch of cool stuff together. But Typer has been something that's been in my mind for about 10 years, and I started writing it about five years ago with my buddy John who's an aerospace engineer at Lockheed Martin. Beyond Kuiper, if it's nothing else, is just an exercise in how to make yourself go mad by trying to create alien uh, uh, physics, which is what I think we've uh, accomplished, which is pretty pretty fun. But uh, the book's about looking at humanity and asking if we deserve to be part of a galactic civilization and why we might not deserve that. That, that's the uh, that's the undertone motif of the whole book is is are we worthy of an alien even saying hi? It's not a matter of the fact if they're real or if there's first contact, but do we deserve their acknowledgement as a species?
4: And um, and I think that once it's ready to come to the screen, that it needs to be directed by.
2: Christopher
1: Nolan and Spielberg producing. Both of it's got so many of my that's a nice melodies. duo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a Spielberg production and a <laughs> Nolan uh, uh directorial, that would be a, <laughs> uh, that would totally that would totally make for a fascinating uh uh interpretation of the of the material which I think <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> Either, Man, you it should be... be your directorial big too. <laughs> oh, absolutely not! Absolutely not! I'll go hide in a closet for one of those too. <laughs> we should resurrect Kubrick. <laughs> oh, well, that now, now that sounds like right up our alley. Let's go use some Wiccan resurrect. You know, we'll have we'll have Sprouse do the ceremony. Resurrect Kubrick, <laughs> and then he can direct it.
3: <laughs> or, 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 or even better, we'll just use an AI version of Kubrick, because you know there's an AI version of his consciousness somewhere. Somebody, ca- somebody, somebody downloaded that shit. <laughs> yeah,
4: it, 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 it looks like Joe Allsman. That's what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> no one takes him serious
5: on set. <laughs> oh
4: my god. Um, okay, so okay. Well, shit. I, I strongly recommend uh, everyone go listen to or go sorry go read Beyond Kuiper, and um, because it has so many of my favorite elements in it, I feel like it's like Interstellar meets freaking Close Encounters, you know. And I I just um, it, it needs that kind of uh, genius director to to wrap their brain around. It's it's just it's massive and. It has in it what a, something an element that I love, which is real science, you know, real taken from the headlines, and um, specifically something that scares the shit out of me, which is CERN, which is like, oh mm. yeah, they're just they're just ripping open portals and <coughs> space That's all. You know, pay no attention. You know, it's like <laughs> fuck yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and uh, in, in, uh, beyond Piper, there's a there's a horrendous uh, uh, accident concerning CERN, and it all kind of stems from that. Um, and so, so I, I only have two few... – sorry,
1: what were you saying, Dan? No, no, oh, you, you finished first. I thought you were done.
4: I was just going to say, um, yeah, how did you decide to hone in on um, – that specific
1: science. so two two things before that just one quick thing is you could listen to the book if you like it there will be an audio experience uh, oh, available on Audible uh starting November 10th it's uh there's a uh, one of the parts is played by George himself uh a character named Tordok which he crushes yeah. and another character oh. is played by uh by Mr. Dylan Sprouse uh, at the end of the book, just two two awesome cameos, and then um, and then uh, it's fully sound designed and scored. The other thing I was going to say is I'm totally using that quote, Dan. It's Interstellar meets Close Encounters of the Third Kind because that just made my <laughs> life. Hearing you say that,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, uh, it, it's, it's so, it, and, and it's because the uh, you know uh, it, it's awesome that you say those two things because those two are, are are movies that inspired the book. Uh, between those two and the original Star Trek, they all have a common thread, which is realism of science in the face of alien encounters. Using math in close encounters to create light signals, or in Interstellar, using the idea of the tesseract as a fourth dimension that has yet to be unlocked by our species, are um, you know things that we pulled from when making the decision that you know, as first-time authors, we said. We can't control how good we write off the bat, but we can control how accurate we make the science. And we can really double down on ensuring that if nothing else, we've created a scientific plausibility throughout the whole series. And we we called it the Bill Nye test as, you know, just an internal thing between John and I. And every decision we made, we had to make sure it would pass the Bill Nye test, that the science was accurate enough that the litany of ideas that got us to that answer could be, you know, looked back on through science and made sure that every decision had a full answer to back it up. So at least at the very least, the science would be as plausible as humanly possible. I think we were able to, um, uh, to nail that.
4: And you're developing your, uh, a podcast, right, that's kind of centered around that topic of real science meets sci-fi, correct? We are.
1: It's called uh, Putting the Science in Science Fiction. All three of you better be guests on it. It'll be myself, uh, John Conley, who wrote Beyond Type with me, and Benjamin Dickow, the president of the Columbia Space Center in Downey, California. And the three of us are going to have conversations with creatives like you, with other scientists, and uh, really breaking down plausibility of science within current science fiction, as well as how science could be used in future science fiction.
3: Awesome.
4: Um, all right, so awesome, man. I, I mean, that that's like my favorite thing to do is research real science and incorporate it. And um, so, okay, so what is... This is a question for everybody. What what was your relationship to, to heavy metal magazine and heavy metal the movie, growing up?
2: Well, Anybody for me,
5: I mean, <clears throat> oh, did I just hop in? <laughs> 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 um, I, I mean, heavy metal for me and was the comic was always this forbidden thing. I my dad had a comic collection. Go so in there, I'd read like the EC horror stuff, tons of Marvel. But it was heavy metal that I was I was kind of not allowed to read as a kid, which made me just want it even more and more. You know, I was dying to read it because it was nudity, violence. Was something I'd sneak. Then he had a VHS copy of Heavy Metal, and it used to show on HBO like after eleven sometimes too. And I remember seeing that early <laughs> on, just being like transfixed, <laughs> sneaking around watching Heavy Metal. Now I'm writing It's Great. <laughs> What, did
4: you guys, what about uh? Did you, guys, did you guys love the movie? I like watched the movie like a million times. I, I it think it's HBO. really.
5: I love it. Yeah, on
3: HBO. <laughs> yeah,
5: absolutely.
3: Heavy metal was that I, thing, man. It was that when I was a kid. It was. Uh, it was that. Well, Brendan said it best. It was forbidden, you know. But I mean, I'm. A, I think I'm a couple years older than Brendan. So when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> It was, uh, it was the definition of forbidden, you know, like your parents would rather catch you with Playboy than heavy metal because, you know, it, um, it, it had a message to it. It had this dangerous element to it. It wasn't just the nudity and it wasn't just the comics. And it was, there, was a, there was an element of danger that came with, and I, Matt and I have talked about this a lot. There's an element of danger that, that I think parents inherently felt if they caught their kids reading heavy metal and some of that came from, you know, just not knowing what it was, but some of it I think came from the messaging, the, um, you know, the overall message of the, uh, the outcasts, the outlaws, and the fringe creators, you know, had found this place where their voice could be heard sort of unabashed, right. And their minds could spill out onto the page without any inhibitors. And, um, and that was dangerous. There was a in, when I was a kid in the in the seventies and the eighties and stuff. Um, that was that was the most terrifying thing that parents could think of was that we would grow up to be free thinkers. You know. Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, hundred percent. That's like uh, uh, you know. Re, 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 uh, on a more real situation was uh, if you watch the, uh, the the trial of the Chicago Seven on Netflix uh, that just came out this weekend. I watched it yesterday. And that 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 is all about like uh, the battle for free thinking and freedom of speech, which is uh, which was wild to
2: watch.
4: What a great a, a great fucking cast! Oh my god, I can't get over it. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
4: yeah that yeah, cast you got is
2: insane. And Sorkin writing it,
1: right? Yeah, Sorkin wrote it, and it's uh yeah it, it it's it's just fantastic. It, it, it keeps Heart you the whole time. You got you got to watch it. You know, any, any, I mean, I watch anything Sorkin, but that that was you know, <laughs> no. very much, very much exceptional. Um, I mean, and, and heavy metal to me was, uh, you know, like Dan was saying, the movie, you know, I, I probably watched that animated movie, I oh, don't know, a thousand times. <laughs> sure. It was like, yeah. it, was, it was like that, it was like that or, uh,
4: or, or Star Trek,
1: you know, those were pretty much the only mm. two things on growing up. <laughs>
4: What was the, what was everybody's favorite um, short story in
3: it? In the movie, I mean,
4: oh, I, I, I definitely Harry enjoyed Tarnet getting naked. That was a big one growing up.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Any, anytime Tarno was in the pool, I would was watching.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, ironically, it was the it was the B seventeen segment. Oh yeah, oh, you pretty, know, I sure. mean, it was. Uh, that absolutely was what resonated with me the most. Um, like, you know, obviously I love the whole movie, but, you know, if there was a segment that I caught, you know, or it was, it was like, you know, those movies that you put on when uh, it's like late at night and you can't sleep and, and you just, it, you see a scene, even if you just stay up for a portion of something, the portion that I always cared about seeing was the b seventeen. Portion, the thieves 17 yeah. segment, it was, uh, I mean, it was just awesome. It really resonated with me. And I think because it was grounded in a more present sort of science fiction than some of the other stuff. And, and for me, that just, that just hit deep, you know, that's always been my yeah. sort of fascination.
4: That one, and that one, that one more than any of the other ones scared the shit out of me. That one gave me, that was real horror. That really gave me nightmares. The other ones had yeah. were a little lighter. Tarna um, was freaky too, but I mean, god damn it! Like when, like when that when the green ooze converted all of the the warriors into like oh, yeah. comedy warriors, that was uh-huh. freaky. But my god, like I, uh, she she had such an impact on me. Just seeing her flying around on that crazy pterodactyl with her with her <laughs> butt cheeks out, I was like, fuck. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe how, and and I, you know, obviously it made such an impact on me. Like, one of the characters in Moon Lake is the uh, cave girl, and Z Rex is like totally just a, a full fucking nod to to Tarna, and um, and so, um, but there was something else about the movie which was also such an unbelievable combination for me as a as an actor was that it was voiced by all the fucking, uh, SCTV guys. And I oh, was yeah. like, uh-huh. like, that's fucking John Candy. I'm like, I can't believe it. I, and, I, and I, I think like, um, uh, Chong, right. Didn't Tommy Chong do a voice in it? Like they were like,
1: uh-huh. like Oh wow. I, were, um, I think so. Um,
4: yeah. Oh yeah, man. The two guys in their fucking <laughs> snorting the fucking, Oh my God. And, and, uh, like, like just, just, just knowing who the voices were, and um, it was just so—I I don't know—it just—it just spoke to me. I mean, obviously, it just like shook me to the core because I've been—I've been, you know, paying homage to it ever since. I think if I had to choose my favorite, since Tarn is an obvious an obvious favorite to so many people, I think I think my favorite one. Is the one with the is the is the cab driver? Oh, like the, Harry uh,
1: Canyon. Harry Canyon. That's my yeah. favorite. I love that one. Love yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, yeah.
5: everything that about old, it.
1: It's, it's
5: one of you know those Harry where it's Canyon hard to pick. You know,
1: Harry Canyon is. You know, Harry Canyon is fifth element, right? That is Bruce Willis. Uh huh. Whoa. Oh, he yeah. is. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, Fifth Element no. was taken. It was. It, it's yeah. a derivative of the Harry Canyon segment. It, it, it's there's yeah. literally panel. There's literally shots in the Fifth Element mo- movie that are <laughs> panel for panel the same from the Harry Canyon the segment. If
5: yeah, it makes sense. It's almost it's identical,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Look at the the, yeah, Fifth Element looks very morbid, too. Whoa! Really. Yeah. Can you, can I just blew man. Dan's mind.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I heard it. Like, I'm, I'm just imagining he heard it. I'm just imagining Chris Tucker just saying
2: Kanye. Kenny, my man, the greens."
4: The greens instead of Corbin. I mean it's like oh my god, it's so it's so fucking I, I never even thought about that. So that's like one of my favorite movies too. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. The Loch Nahr was the narrator throughout oh, yeah. all of it, and then is also the bad guy. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I fucking love it, and I and I really hope that you guys are cultivating another movie like that or a TV TV show like that, um, where the Lochnar continues to um, wreak havoc. You know. Um I
5: like that'd be cool in the anthology show if you guys brought back the lock in our map
3: So overarching Yeah. <laughs>
4: some
3: like, an like, like
4: a
1: stuff?
3: Like a librarian of like a librarian of the galaxy's history. Yeah. Throughout all time. That'd be awesome. Fuck yeah.
1: That yeah. sounds like that sounds like the man on the moon.
3: <laughs> it is.
1: Well <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean I, no. listen but my 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 uh you know, my Moon Lake series is a full homage to to, to you know heavy metal, the movie, but the man in the moon, my my narrator, it's 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 you know it's Hitchcock on acid, you know he's he's, he's the crip keeper, he's you know he's <laughs> there for he's there for laughs, you know he's not he's he's actually the the unsung hero of the thing, you know he's he's like a he's like a real narrator. The Lockner is a goddamn Fucking alien. I mean, the the Lochnar is, is like Galactus or something, you know. Mm-hmm. The fucking Lochnar is transcendent of just one universe, you know. He's fucking he's yeah. inter interdimensional. I mean, he's you know, fucking Moon Lake is one little bubble inside one of the Lochnars. Fucking you know. Mm-hmm. Well, they they call him in
5: the movie the source of all things he's like the the beginning of any everything evil everywhere yeah he's a scary villain
3: he's like the burnt piece of evil in the toaster oven in Time Bandits <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <That's amazing. laughs> Time Bandits hey, George always pulls the most obscure yet Perfect references of movies I've ever I've ever encountered another human being to do like like they, they, there's no one I know that will both take movies that I've watched but maybe decades ago and then perfectly tie it in to a current day reference. I've never met anyone like that. It is incredible.
4: <laughs> that's that's Terry Gilliam, right? That's Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he, <laughs> he's probably my He's my, probably my favorite.
3: I mean, he's got such yep. a fucking flair. Brazil um,
4: is yeah. kind of heavy metal related, it seems like. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brazil.
5: Gillings, I love Brazil. what are Gillings movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it is that sci-fi
4: horror, that heavy metal male sometimes. Did you guys like, um, just as a side note, did you guys like heavy metal music growing up? Or do you still like heavy metal music? I I, I, I was I
1: was into like Avenged Sevenfold and uh <laughs> and System of a Down. You know, uh, I I don't know if that's so no. technically heavy metal.
2: Yeah. I, I think <laughs> so, like, so, you know, so that's a no from rock. Matt.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I I have a feeling George listened to, like death metal growing up.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, well, you know. I mean, <laughs> George is doing like satanic. <laughs> My neighbor growing up had, you know, like a Harley shop in his garage. I was over there every day after school, so yeah, it was all like, you know, yeah. I mean, heavy metal has evolved, but it was it was pretty much all the heavy stuff that everybody listened to from Iron Maiden to, you know, fucking Dio and all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know. I was 12 years old and had Dio albums, and my mom was convinced I came from Satan's. You know, whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I Same marsupial pouch. <laughs> yeah, basically. <there> you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh,
3: and you know, it continues today. <laughs>
4: I, uh, yeah, I, man, I right? got into I got into fucking Metallica. When they were, they were oh yeah, that's really the only band. Like
3: a little bit of Iron Maiden,
5: because I like um, I like the art. I like Eddie, you know. Yeah. I their that's why I
4: listened to when
5: I liked the zombie guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but, but Iron Can Maiden, you
3: know, Iron Maiden captured that same audience that Heavy Metal magazine captured. I mean, it was the art combined with the performance. You know, it was it was a whole I, thing. I think they had a tie-in too. I think Heavy Metal illustrated some comics for
5: Iron Maiden.
1: We we yeah. have we still distribute them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you?
4: Mm-hmm. And also, uh, a yeah. big crossover there. There was like a, a huge book we did with Magadeth. Like that, they also have the
1: Rattlehead Oh, oh yeah, you that, wrote that in? Got, that. I forgot about that, band. Yeah, I
4: did. I, I did, man. I, I fucking that was an epic story, man. I was. Uh, I love being part of that. Um, yeah, I, and. We were actually cultivating something with Metallica for a little bit, but it kind of went awry, but we got a cool story out of it i I would love to you know try to pull these guys more more of these guys into the heavy metal fold heavy metal magazine fold and you know try to you know bring their mascots to life you know um hmm but yeah i i, yeah, I love I loved Metallica growing up um and, yeah, I feel like, yeah, you don't, you have to, you have to get into some form of, of heavy metal. Like, uh, like, there's, there's something really, like, it's so fucking abrasive. You know, it's like so, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I remember, like, when I was 15, my mother was just like, was banging on my door, and she was just like, Dan, yeah.
2: why I don't understand
4: this heavy metal music. <laughs> it, 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 are you sure it's not hurting your brain? You know, and I was like, no, no. And I was like, listen to these lyrics. I mean, it's pretty brilliant, you know, and, and I, was like, I was like, here, listen to this one. This is about, like, freaking, you know, blacking. You know, li- listen to this one. This is about, like, you know, sorrow, you know, and Moses, and all this crazy, just, like, biblical, you know. And, and she's like, all right,
5: I'll give it a try.
4: And I remember she was like, she she was like, uh, she was like, I, I'm just gonna relax and I'm gonna relax in the bath and listen to this. I was like, I don't know if that's the you know the right the right way to listen to this she was like, wow, You have to like really and I, and I just remembered, I just remember sitting there laughing my ass off with her. mother in the bathtub.
2: (laughs) I I just want to retract
3: that. I Uh, I think you're right. I think, uh, I think it's, it's, it's good for the, the creative spirit, right? I mean, Dan, you and I talked a lot about this and I know we've all talked about this is, you know, the, the, the health and well being of your inner creative, right? And, You know, again, like a minute ago I was talking about Iron Maiden and said it was the whole thing. It was the art and the music and the lyrics and everything. Heavy metal is more than just angry music. It's more than just that driving sound. There's anger behind the lyrics. The lyrics all kind of are pointed toward a topic or a subject, and there's all this passionate, like, primal anger toward it. And, uh, you know, those kind of things are what promoted a whole generation of people to think – uh, I don't want to say, uh, you know, think more aggressively about their passions, maybe, right? Might be a way to say it.
5: No, I agree, totally. I, I agree, agree
1: with that,
3: totally. I,
5: mean, I think heavy metal... A... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, there you go. Heavy metal was George's day, but me growing up, it was, it, I think it turned a lot to punk, too. And so growing up, my heavy metal was more of
4: the like operation of like,
5: And that had the same... Just anything that wasn't normal, listening to
3: kind of gave you that boost in creative energy because it was something new
4: and different.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, That's a good way. Yeah. 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 I was there for the beginning of punk, young Brendan. (laughs) Sorry. sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine
2: like George (laughs) (laughs) wondering. He was at Mozart's uh, (laughs)
5: office. (laughs) Yeah.
4: All right, let's 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 talk Amazing. about some of our let's talk about some of our books that we got out here. So 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 people know they already know about my books: Moon Lake, Brooklyn Gladiator, Fish Killer. Out in stores right now, you should check them out. Um, George, your book is called The Rise. That's right. Is that right?
3: That is that is right. It's called The Rise.
4: And is. Um, is that yeah. in stores right now? Can people check that out or?
3: No, not yet. Uh, soon though, right, Matt? Yeah, uh, next month it'll it'll be
1: serialized in the magazine starting uh, next month. Yeah,
3: so it's coming out, I think, in 13 issues of uh, Heavy Metal, starting next oh, okay, month. Great. So then for the next 13 months there'll be uh, there'll be small installations of the of the story that I actually wrote uh, the first draft of more than 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, it was this story that I wrote out of, um, well, I mean, you know, may as well just say it out of, out of love and respect for my father and his work and for everything he did. And for the punk rock attitude that he brought to filmmaking in a time when what he and his partners did was damn near fucking impossible. And, um, you know his story his original night of the living dead was so impactful to so many people that i mean i don't think i've ever met somebody on in my entire you know 246 years on this planet that um Gee. hasn't seen it right <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like <laughs> Everybody has seen Night of the Living Dead at some point. And if you and even and if they haven't seen Night of the Living Dead, they've seen the remake or they've seen Dawn of the Dead or they've seen Day of the Dead or I mean, they've seen it because zombies have become such a um a cornerstone of sort of pop culture in uh, in more than just the genre world. It used to be just a genre thing, but it's so much it goes so much wider and deeper than that. And it's touched creatives in every single aspect of the arts in 50, just over 50 years, it's done this. And, you know, I mean, I remember hanging out with my dad and being like, you know, going to dinner with him. And I was just going to dinner with my dad. And here's these people like revering him, you know, I mean, for, but not because he made a cool movie, right? Not because he, did something cool, but because everybody that would come up to him would say stuff like, you know, Mr. Romero, I got to tell you, I saw your movie when I was a kid uh, and I'm I'm trying to get into special effects or I saw what you did and it gave me the strength to pick up a camera or I saw what you did and it gave me the strength to start trying to write or here's a band and we way, wrote then- these songs after we... That's Greg
4: Nicotero, man. I mean, Greg Nicotero was the, the mastermind behind the The Walking Dead. I mean, that's him.
3: He he was yeah uh,
4: an apprentice. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I grew up all around those guys, and you know, and uh, there's something to be said. There's there's a lot to be said for that, but there's something to be said from that from the point of view. I think of the next the next generation, right? I mean, and uh, the rise is my sort of foundation for the next hundred years of, of Romero. You know, I'm, I've never once in my life tried to do anything because I'm his son and, uh, I never will. Um, but as his son, you know, it's, it's like, it's an honor to do this project. And, you know, we talked about what an impact heavy metal had on all of us growing up. The idea of doing this with heavy metal, I mean, we're talking about two, Massively well known brands in the genre sci fi world. And one of the things, the first things that appealed to me when Matt and I met was the fact that Matt truly understands what goes into sort of vanguarding a legacy. And, you know, that's kind of how I'm moving forward with this, with The Rise and ultimately The Deadverse. And uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of the origin story of the origin story, I guess, if you will. Okay,
4: so the rise the rise is a continuation of the dawn of the dead legacy is negative going
3: on? no negative, negative negative the rise takes the rise is an absolute prologue it's not a prequel um it is a okay. it is an absolute prologue it takes place many years before the events of night uh
6: okay.
3: and it spans most of the sixties um, so I cool. mean, and I think Matt, Matt would agree with me on this, that it is an absolute, it is a true prologue. Uh, it is not a prequel and you know, it's, uh, it, <laughs> it sounds kind of cheesy when I say it out loud, but, uh, it ain't, it ain't my dad's zombie movie. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it it, it, it it's, it's really not. It, it, uh, I mean, I can, I can second that. And, uh, the way, you know, the way George, pays homage to the legacy but takes it and makes it his own you know story it's it, you know to, to writers like us we see the the litany of drafts that he must have made just in the final words that you read because you know that it took a while to get there because it's so rich and so well thought through as to how it interweaves with the legacy but stands on its own i i think it's a fantastic uh fantastic story and ride
3: well thank you very much matt you know and i think what's cool about it too is that it's based in an alternate version of our of a very real history and it applies mm-hmm. again back to the top of the conversation it applies actual real science um from the time period that was a hell of a lot more advanced than anybody realizes so, <laughs> um so that was a lot of fun to dive into You know, um, wait, can you you get into
4: that a little bit? Like what, 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 what's the
3: science? Well, it's based in, uh, I mean, I can get into it a little bit, but there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of advancements in, um, in genetic work in the sixties, more than people realize. I mean, you know, as far as anybody knew things like skin grafting were real. Uh, they weren't done well in the 60s, but that's because that was kind of the the public-facing side of the science behind um, skin grafting, genetic uh, regeneration. I guess would be what I, the word I was looking for earlier. So there was all of this kind of fringe science happening in the 60s that was uh, all about you know cellular regeneration, and it never really made the news. And, of course, in the 60s, there was no Internet, so there was no way to kind of get the word out to the public. But the more research you do into kind of alternate facts and alternate ways of doing things back then, you find that there was all of this money being spent through universities, through all these other institutions to actually develop research that is now in practice today and obviously didn't really have any nefarious, you know, shit behind it. But if you, if you read about it and think about the nefarious shit that could have been done with it, that's kind of where the science of the rise lives.
4: Government is always forty to fifty years ahead of regular citizens. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's <confusing>, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man.
4: Because yeah, yeah. Like, like you, like you does can that go make, back. Does,
3: does that make sense?
4: Absolutely. You, yeah, for yeah, you sure. Go back to,
3: yeah. All right. yeah, yeah. Without me, giving
4: anything absolutely. away. I, I, I love that. And 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 my and my other question is 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 that is the and you're also are you doing a sequel? Can we talk about that to the B nineteen story from heavy metal? Are you, are you continuing Ooh. that?
2: Ooh. <laughs>
3: the B seventeen. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no right, talk, sorry, talk about yeah. cold dead. Well. um. That's going to be if I have permission to talk about that. And, and we have the guy on the you, phone to ask. So.
1: You, you you have full permission to talk about Cold Dead War.
3: <laughs> okay, awesome. So it's, <laughs> so it's called Cold Dead War. And it takes place years after the events of the B-17 segment in the film. And uh, it has been, um, it's one of those things that when Matt called me and asked me if I would be interested in doing it, it was one of those things, you know, like in life, it was like, holy fuck. <laughs> you know, I get to to write <laughs> yeah. this character for for this for this magazine that was like a cornerstone of my childhood, and uh, and and you know I, that's why I said ironically B seventeen is my favorite segment in the movie because it always was growing up, and then when Matt asked me to take a crack at it, I just jumped at the chance, and it's been uh, it's been one of the best creative experiences of my life. It's uh, it's another opportunity. To, uh, to really consider the protection of a legacy when spinning a brand-new story. I mean, you know, Nelson is one of the most iconic zombies uh, in the world, uh, and especially out of the heavy metal universe, one of the most iconic characters out of the entire universe. And to be entrusted with that is something to not take lightly. Uh, and again, <laughs> I guess maybe, I, I've come to realize through this quarantine period of 2020 that my thing is like alternate history. So, <laughs> um, it's been a lot of fun to write this, uh, this story, this cold dead war against an alternate history that takes place after the end of world war II. And, uh, you know, goes to South America and deals with a lot of, um, uh, a lot of post-World War II theories um, that took place uh, yeah, in South America. You know, again, I'm not sure. I don't want to give too much story away, um, but there were some very bad guys that were rumored to have gone to South America after Ooh. doing horrible, horrible things <laughs> in World War yeah, II. And um, You're
5: talking about the this clowning, is kind of, the clowning, it's, the it's more
3: of a, <laughs> yeah, it's more of a continuation of their of their uh, again nefarious uh, plans for South America. That um, again, I don't think most of most Americans probably even realize some of the true history uh, that that went on in, in in South America after World War II. And so, to set this story against the the events these events of actual history and tie in the 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 it's hard to say the word lives with regard to these characters but that's what it is you know and um it's kind of their journey into uh, you know continuing their war uh as zombie soldiers into a war that nobody knew about so that in itself is kind of a, a, a an overarching metaphor Uh, And and what's been great for me was, uh, you know, the opportunity to kind of visit how zombies like the ones in Cold Dead War would deal with losing their humanity consciously. And that's been an interesting challenge for me in the zombie space. But it's one that I think we've nailed. And um, I'm super excited for it to come out.
4: Is there a universe where, um, or is there is there um, a parallel universe? I don't know if you guys are thinking about this, but um, where you could plant the seeds here that grow into the rise. I don't know; it'd be crazy Ooh. to connect all that. But I don't I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, step on any feet here. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I would think, think I mean? it's safe
3: to say that those conversations have been had. Uh oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's <accurate>. okay, <laughs> I,
2: mean, all I think that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, George, you know what I you know what I
5: saw last night was uh, Chloe Grace Moretz's new movie Shadow in the Cloud, where she plays a pilot oh, yeah. trapped on a B seventeen in World War II But Matt, they got it's a lot from heavy metal, man. I was shocked.
3: It's Wait, what? Ma- it's, it
5: what? This movie is. It, this movie really reminded me of Nelson. Yeah, it it just came out in the. Um, it's on like. Uh, oh, did, uh, the uh,
1: new the new uh, the movie with the Chloe. Chloe uh, Chloe, Chloe... Keats, Moretz. Yeah. Yes. It, it, yes. It, it yes. Very yes, much theme. reminded
5: me of Heavy Metal. It, Where it, did it you watch heavy it? Heavy
1: Metal. It's an indie it, movie, um, uh, um, George, but it has nothing to do with Nelson. It just has to oh, do no, with the B seventeen plane. Yeah, it's just right, right, right. <laughs> the point. It's like not. a <laughs> yeah, no, no, there, there's no there, there, it, it 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 feels like a heavy metal esque movie. It's like this indie film George that uh, just came out. I'll I'll send you a link to it.
3: It's great. It looks yeah, I'd love to see it. I will say, won't watch it if it uh, if it reminds you of that universe. I won't watch it until I finish the last issue. Of, uh, <laughs> I think
2: it's I think it's, because <laughs> Cold Dead War
5: is a it's a limited it's, run. Yeah, I,
3: yeah, I, I yeah. expect
5: yours to be much gore here, George. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's actually okay. a lot of fucking gore in it. Um, I, in fact, that was a fun conversation when David was like, you know, I get that you've got this gore, but this is actually like a lot. And I said, well, like, I think that's what you expected. Right. So, you know. That's funny. So, um...
4: Speaking of gore, let's say, okay, so, okay, so, uh, Brendan Columbus. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so, Savage Circus. Okay, let, let's talk about, and, and I should I ask Matt right now, um, because I just assumed, but you, we're working on, uh, Heavy Metal's working on this radio play, Magnificent, uh, called, called Wonderwork, Uh, and, um, this reminds me. Just the whole concept reminds me of simpler times. And it feels like we're we're coming, you know, full circle with those times. It's kind of weird. But um, you know, uh and the whole or um you know, the whole Orson Wells of it all and I just I just love the whole idea of it. And so um I understand uh so I listened to Brendan's uh, Savage oh, yeah. Circus. And so so first let's talk about savage circus for a second. Brendan has created a comic book that is all about animals going fucking ballistic on people like <laughs> like ripping them apart systematically hunting them and just like like, like but like but like herbivores like not like not normal you know like not predators you know and uh, that's even that's even freakier and but so, but I, but let's start with the uh, Wonderwork episode, the Savage circus mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of like a, a side quill to your comic books, and it's yeah, that like, was it's like, a, like a prequel. It's like a Sasquatch kind of character, yeah. <laughs> that is like a, like the fucking Predator in Knob. And there's like so yeah. many <laughs> elements of, of what I just said that I love. Love Sasquatch kind of creatures <laughs> that are just what the fuck is that thing and it's hunting us and predator and nom and like oh my god so and it's just it's not out yet
5: is it is it out i you know it's it's actually out on itunes you can go listen to it at, okay, right exactly. now okay. yeah I'm
4: gonna, I'm, um, if it works. I'm gonna put it at the end of this episode if that's cool matt and oh of um, course. Yeah. yeah and oh. i would and i'm also gonna um uh, put my episode out um the conspiracy Carl episode, um, it, it, I, I, if I can during this, if that's cool. Um, all, I, that uh, yet?
1: You, you, you can put a you can put a teaser out. Let's not put the full episode, but put out put out as much of it as you want.
4: Okay, cool. I'll put out half of the episode, and um, and so okay, so let's talk about um, let's talk about the the Savage Circus episode. So, Brendan. Like, where did you get this concept from? Where did you get this idea?
2: From?
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think,
5: like, weirdly, everyone who's been talking about their comic, it seems like we all had these ideas for, like, years and years. You know, like, I
2: first
5: the draft of Savage Circus, because it started as a movie. I think I wrote it about four, four three or four years ago. And then, uh, the screenplay got all stuff for a year. Uh, it got me. It got me around. It got me meeting like an agent and whatnot. But no one wanted to make it because it's fucking crazy. It'd be like a two hundred million dollar movie, of, a rated R movie about animals ripping people to shreds.
2: Not <laughs> really the box
5: office for it. us. <laughs> it's not exactly what you call a uh, sound investment. But uh, so so the script didn't really go anywhere until uh, my buddy Dylan, who's now in heavy metal as Well, uh, let me introduce me Matt. Who, he's the only guy who would ever put
1: money behind it, that. It's insane. So and, and, uh, and it was actually it was actually not even the reason we got connected. We were talking no. about a completely different other project. And mm-hmm. you kind of said this as an afterthought. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh wait, by the way, would you
5: uh, like to read this thing about the you know, giraffes? spectroscopy And Matt's like, Yeah, send it to me now You know <laughs> So and then the well the one I loved the because I, I love Stands is awesome. The Conspiracy Carl one blew my mind. You did a hell of a job with that. It was like a one-man stage play. Um, But the whole setup Matt's got going with these different anthology stories coming out weekly was just so cool, I thought.
2: So I read a
5: prequel to Savage that uh, premiered on Wonderwork, and I think, you know, every one that came out sounds like a professionally made thing. It's insane. Matt, you did a great job. I appreciate it, uh, but you you guys did all the hard work. I but the They're sound guy so the design, yeah, the design on the sound like when Dan's like back being broken, it grossed me the hell
2: out. <laughs> 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 hey, did you
4: Brendan, did you do the voice for your for your guy,
5: your nom guy? Oh no, no, no. The, we use it actually Matt Matt introduced
4: me to that actor.
5: I, I directed the episode, but that guy is this voice actor out of I think
4: Canada. And he, was, he, yeah. he was good. He nailed it. I, I have, thought it was really fun. I dug that man. I like his narration while you hear them in the bush at the same time, you know. Um the uh what was I say? I have something I got I got I got I don't know what you, where you're going with the comic book. I haven't read the comic book yet, but um yeah. I I wonder I I mean, I don't, I'm just, I don't know how, what what the next stage of it is, but there's Mm. something there where, and take this with a grain of salt, I just just start, i just like to to start, you know, (laughs) brainstorming out of the blue. Of course. But uh, uh, wouldn't it be interesting if you connected to what's going on right now with the pandemic and everything, and you do like, like a 12 monkeys thing, but you have the fucking... Like, it's like fucking savage city and a savage continent. You know, you have the fucking animals systematically taking over. Vicious. That's
5: <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> well, you know weirdly. I just wrote up something, Dan, that I titled "Savage Lands" because I was like, there's something, okay, there, there is something cool about like the rise. Like I think that the new Planet of the Apes movies did it pretty well, but
2: then yeah, rise yeah, up
5: yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Beast over civilization. that would be very cool. That's, that's, I have to pitch. That uh, would be like a seven hundred million dollar movie. <laughs> Complete <laughs> continents of animals.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, because it's all no, like
5: like uh, too. Like what George yeah, yeah. is saying. Like I used. There's like when the people walking outside and you see their silhouettes on the windows, completely ripped off from uh, Night of the Living Dead. It's like it's still even in my genre <laughs> has zombies. I ripped his dead off. <laughs> Everything. Everything
3: and that's fucking that. awesome
5: yeah, yeah right like the influence is everywhere yeah everywhere.
3: um and so hey George are you,
4: are you doing a wonder work man
3: uh I am actually um I'm not sure I think it's supposed to come out soon again that would be a question for Matt but uh, <laughs> yes, it's, I
1: mean, uh it, it it should be launching uh season two of Halloween week, I believe, uh, you're working, uh, I talked to Patrick today, I believe he's rounding up the last, uh, few voices for that episode, we already recorded the main one, which will be your buddy Richard Grieco, and
3: should be ready to oh, rock cool. and roll, uh, yeah, if you, I don't know if you guys ever, do you guys remember Greco's uh, Ghost Rider, he's like my favorite Ghost Rider, and, uh, the voice of it. He did the voice of the animated Ghost Rider, and uh, when he said he wanted to do yeah. When he wanted, when he said he wanted to do this one, Matt and I were like, oh hell yeah! And uh, so it's written, he's recorded, um, and now we're just getting through the end of it. And uh, it's also it's a uh, it's in the Rise universe too. It's kind of a breakout piece from the overall story of the Rise. So um, it's a different look at the universe. And it's a different look at the consequences of the universe from uh, a, a pivotal character in the overall story. I
4: love that man. And are you gonna are you gonna lend your melodious uh, vocals to anything? Yeah, yeah you your voice is so, so good. Like, I, want, I want to, I want to cast, cast you and shit. I'm doing like, um, okay. Anything you
3: Anything you need or want, anytime. I love. Voice. I love that voice.
4: I'm,
3: I'm gonna do a voice in it, a so yeah. Nice. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. Um,
4: okay. So, and and so right about here in the podcast, I'll probably play my um, my uh, conspiracy Carl. thing.
0: put yourself together, Carl. Uh, okay, uh, this is conspiracy Carl, uh, I'm hailing straight out of Jacksonville. Hello. Jacksonville, can you hear me? Anyone, please, anyone, can you read me? Uh, uh coverlet, coverlet island. Anyone? Anyone alive, <laughs> please? Can you read me? <laughs> Over. Oh god. Oh god. They're never gonna believe me anyway it's crazy all right all right look 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 all right if you're listening but for some reason you can't respond or something I don't know it was a lie okay the abduction the reptilians everything I built my podcast on man it was all lies there I said it okay are you happy Oh, they're real, all right. Oh, they're real. I've seen them. I've seen them with my own eyes. Reptilians, but 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 they never abducted me. I was I was in rehab uh, for that year. Okay, <laughs> but 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 this—what uh, I'm about to tell you—it's pure fact. Okay, please, I am begging you. They're coming to your town next. <laughs> Promise you, Jesus, they're probably already there. Okay, okay, but okay, maybe if you hear this, it'll give you a fighting chance, okay? If anyone's still alive out there, get underground, okay? We tried to get out in time, but the, the military blocked the roads. It's like they're trying to contain it. But how? It's airborne, people. And No, I ain't talking about some ancient virus. That's the least of our worries now. How are they gonna contain it? Probably trying to contain us. Okay, 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 okay. Where do I start? Okay, okay. This is for the human race. This is what to This is what to watch out for. Number one. It begins with that damn emergency frequency signal, okay? Everyone's phones and radios and TVs, everything with a screen, okay? It's all going to start blaring sirens like, like fax machines from hell, okay? Okay? And you just, you, you won't be able to think straight. And then, okay, the, the same message over and over and over again. Please remain calm. It's just a test. A goddamn robot Lady Fucking <laughs> <But the> test <laughs> test my ass! It's more like a goddamn science experiment. <laughs> okay, then the next sign. Okay, then next next thing was there's a horrible humming. Okay. If you're hearing the humming, you you probably have maybe an hour to get out. It was subtle at first, okay, like a gas generator, sounds like anything. But then it, it it grew to this low roar, and it was deafening. And then and then and then we saw the swarm. There were billions. I've never seen so many. We we thought it was a a storm coming in, moving along on the horizon. <laughs> just over the river, and they were bringing that horrible stink with them. It looked like one of them friggin' sandstorms you see in the goddamn Hollywood movies. It looked like the end of the world. And then, of course, the news report.
2: <coughs>
0: goddamn news reports. Let me get a swig of whiskey here. Ah, here we go. Right off the wagon, you'll forgive me. News reports—they backpedaled. They said it was uh, oh, it's because the weather screwed right. And the bugs are multiplying like mad. Their mating patterns are out of whack. Fake news. Fake, fake, fake news. I told you they were weaponized bugs back in the nineties, didn't I? Did anyone listen? No. Oh we're just releasing Genetically modified insects That's it Just just fun little genetically modified Insects to help lower The pest population problem We're just playing God We're just trying to help you see Nothing to see here folks (laughs) To them We're the pest people Pest people (laughs) Oh God You're going to wake up soon enough. The skies were black with them, I tells you. Before we knew it, they were everywhere. They were in their mouths and their hair. Oh, the little girls, they were getting eaten alive. I hid in my fallout shelter with Lou. Oh, poor, poor sweet Lou. Louie, 25 years my buddy. We hid in the buzzing. The buzzing was so loud. And then then it stopped just like that, and the birds were singing. And we popped out of the hatch. It was surreal. The sun was shining. Everyone was just passing out the calamine lotion, and everything seemed like it was going to be fine. And then everybody started getting sick. it was the plague it looked like any common cold little fever, you know, nothing crazy but then the mucus oh Christ, it was so thick (laughs) and then COVID looked like a goddamn hay fever people couldn't breathe it came out so fast it was like their entire insides were being converted into snot (laughs) oh God, I'm gonna puke (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, took another swig. Ah, That's to you, Louis. (laughs) I'm okay, I'm gonna continue. Okay. (laughs) And you know me? Oh my listeners will be, I'm paranoid as hell. I started snooping around that shady chemical factory that had that, remember the toxic leak violation earlier this year? Oh, they're just dumping in the river all year long. You guessed it. It was abandoned. Like they knew it was coming. I had a hunch the symptoms of the illness may actually be from the factory dumping. You know, I was I was actually hoping it was... Because I was wrong. (laughs) It was the bites. Everybody had so many bites, and the bites themselves, they started oozing. It was awful, just yellow mucus pouring out of people. Oh, folks were drowning in their own pus. And then it looked like everyone was dying. The whole town fell silent. I went exploring. They were just sleeping. They weren't dead. They were breathing. I could hear them quietly breathing. Hibernating. And their ooze it it, it hardened. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, <laughs> this is for science. <laughs> it created these shells around them, right where they lay. Okay? They were cocoons, man. It was a metamorphosis, I think. <laughs> I saw them squirming inside their sacks. <laughs> look, 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 I know what sounds nuts. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I'm the only one left. It was me and my buddy. My boredob, Lou. (coughs) Poor Lou. He turned too. i I'm sure of it. He got bit, you know. I couldn't risk it. I had to barricade myself in. You understand, Louie? Okay. All right, I guess this is the craziest part. If you got kids, maybe cover their ears. The cocoons just started hatching. Wait, 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 you hear that? Hold on, hold on, hold that thought. Wait a minute, the buzzing. Oh God, there's a bug in here with me. Oh God, oh God, oh. Okay, hold on, hold on.
6: Get away from me. Okay, okay,
0: okay, calm down. Come here, you little bastard. I got him, I got him, I got you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, alright, alright, okay. Let's wash my hands. I got my moist wipes here. Everyone's gonna have to stock up my moist wipes and bananas. Get yourself some bushels of bananas. I heard mosquitoes hate the smell of potassium in your blood, okay? I've been eating bananas like crazy. I haven't taken a dump in days, but you know, it's the lesser of two evils. What are you gonna do? <laughs> oh Christ. <laughs> Is my head hot? Okay, take my temperature. All right, all right, all right. Okay, just take a it easy, kid. You're fine, you're fine. You're just sweaty. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, where was I? Where was I? Keep it going, Carl. Right, this is Conspiracy Carl. I'm out of Jacksonville. Can you read me, please? Cumberland, please. Somebody outside. I don't know how long the range is here. Okay, keep it together. Can you read me? Over. Please, this ain't no lie. I'm dead serious. The mosquito men are coming to your town next. Uh, that's right. I said mosquito men. <laughs> Gotta hunker down. Find your resources. Get with your friends. Get a lot of bug spray. Calamine lotion, but at that point it's it's too late. <laughs> Ooh, catch my breath. lately. Take another drink. I... Oh no,
4: no! 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 Wait! Oh, guys, the
0: emergency signal. So, so Brendan, you got to, you got to
4: listen to it.
5: Oh, I yeah, I listened to it this morning. And I was like, because I heard this man told me the story. He's like, yeah. I asked Dan about Wonder Work, and then Dan just sent me right back. Instead of a script, and at, you actually already did the entire fucking performance, and Matt was like, "It turned right. out amazing." It is, but I listened to it. It's like a one man show. You build up this whole backstory, the world. I thought, but it was a, Dan, it was a little scary with this pandemic. You're like, now I'm fucking. I'm
4: gonna do it. I, it's like,
5: George, said, I'm going to buy some bananas. Now. <laughs> okay. but not only, not only with the
4: fucking, not only with the pandemic, and you want to talk about taking shit from the headlines. Yeah, um, it was insane. I, that was that was directly like I, I I was I always feared that you know the whole thing with the pandemic and then like and like you know everyone just being like I don't know about the vaccine and and just being like <laughs> no what like they they could just vaccinate everybody with fucking mosquitoes and no one would fucking know you know they've been working on that kind. Of some wells, you know, Martians invading, but at this time, it's like, mosquitoes are invading, and they're genetically modified, and um, they're biting people, and everyone's like, ah, whatever, it's just a mosquito bite, but no, they start to fucking mutate into like hybrid mosquito people, (laughs) and, and, you know, like, wear mosquitoes, (laughs) and, uh, and they started, like, feeding off of people and sucking them dry of their blood. But, um, so I and, and I was like, oh, that's a funny idea. And then, like, literally the next fucking week, it's just like, oh, Bill Gates has been modified, genetically modifying uh, mosquitoes to send to fucking Florida to uh, lower the mosquito population. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, that's not going to fuck anything up completely. I'm just like, holy <laughs> You know, they just announced it. Ah, oh, it's just happening. Are we gonna vote on it? No. <laughs> like, just avoid those specific mosquitoes. <laughs> will you? Like, holy shit! And that's what like, happened already. I guess they already released them. So, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, buy some bananas, man. I don't fucking know what to tell you.
5: <laughs> no, um, I. podcast might end with you being eaten now. Like, you've, it's just all gonna come true. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: Oh my God, they're at the door. Um, <laughs> no. So,
3: You've got to be careful though you got to be careful Because there's real world ramifications To you spreading rumors about Bananas and moist wipes I mean we ran out of toilet paper when COVID started Now it's going to be There's, <laughs> there's no the moist wipes sure. fucking yeah. <laughs> They're going to put embargoes you know On
4: banana shipments from Honduras and shit. Exactly The fucking bananas run out And then I got some Gigantic Sasquatch coming after me, fucking throwing rocks at me, smashing my head. Where are your bananas? Um, I I I don't yeah I don't I don't I'm I'm scared. I'm listening. Everything I write, fucking fish kills, Brooklyn Gladiator, even this shit and fucking the craziest shit I write in fucking Moon Lake. It's just like it's it's you know a lot of it is just like oh I'll just Say all conspiracies are true. That's what these. That's what my universe is. All conspiracies you ever heard of are true. And guess what? All the fucking conspiracies are now coming true. So I'm like, fuck. You're like Nostradamus. You, you gotta write Good. some happy
5: stuff for a change. Clear this up. we
3: no, You gotta stop sitting inside so, the Large Hadron Collider when you write. <laughs> I just I, I just
4: I throw on Metallica. I then flip the switch. And that's how I create. Oh my god. Okay, so just as we uh, as we get to the end of this wonderful, delightful podcast, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I just, uh, I mean, I wanna, I just want to say, are there any favorite movies and comics um, from your childhood that you wanna, you know, just put a shout out to right now um that influenced you uh growing up. I know I just wanna Ooh. say Ooh. Um, I really hope I get to meet uh Eastman, right? He's 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 involved with heavy metal, right? He's he's one of the is he still one of yeah. the Eastman yeah. and Lair? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he he still he still has a a, a small stake in the company. He's taking a, a seat back in the day to day, but uh, we're still very very good friends with Kevin. He's he's awesome. Do
4: you want to talk about like hybrids that changed my life? Like the fucking teenage mutant ninja turtles um, were the original. Like I was drawing them on my on my you know, <laughs> school no, notebook. I was drawing Raphael on my like notebook. And people were like, who the fuck is that? You know, I was like, you, you guys don't know, <laughs> oh, man. And then the next year, it was all, yeah, I, well, I was like, "Oh my <laughs> man. I was just like, they're just, I was just like, what happened? But I was there when the original comic books came out. I, I just love that stuff. Was there anything like that that's just like, what's your favorite, favorite?
1: I, I mean, for me, I grew, I grew up right when Harry Potter started coming out book-wise, you know. Uh, the, the imagination I thought of the kid about to go into school reading that was like pretty cool. That definitely imprinted on me.
4: I never heard
2: of that. What is that? <laughs> 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 yeah, I've never heard of
5: that one. <laughs> uh... I mean, <laughs> for me, it's gotta be, I mean, it's clearly, I, I did, I changed up, uh, gremlins a little bit for it. But yeah. um, I
4: think...
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of gremlins in there. Those just nods up. Any, any of those uh, Amor movies. But also, like, The Man Who Would Be King with Sean Connery. Just I loved oh, the wow. movie so much growing up that I just... Wow. You know, I'm still... It's my favorite genre. So I think that one's probably... That's the movie I've seen the most, I think. Wow. Yeah. i got to see that
4: movie yeah. again. Okay. Oh, it's a, no,
5: it's a great... Holy yeah, shit. I just rewatched it. They played it at the uh, New Beverly... Los Angeles. They got a 35-millimeter print. It was, it looked amazing. Best print I've seen
4: in a long time.
2: But that Gremlins, was an awesome Gremlins, one.
4: Gremlins was one of those ones that I loved growing up, and it lures you in. It's yeah. like,
2: oh, he, he's a mogwai.
4: He's cute. <laughs> oh, it's, just a, it's a Christmas movie. It's a, it's a, oh. And then all of a sudden, you're fucking surrounded by these things and they're funny and they're fun but they I remember having nightmares about them. I remember loving the Gremlins so much. I I bought I had a Mogwai toy. I got Gizmo and I got fucking Stripe. Stripe I right? was the bad guy. <laughs>
2: yeah. He moho, yeah.
4: Right? And he was he was like a full size stand-up motherfucker. I was like, "Yeah, I love him. <laughs> and I fucking put them on next to each other on my, you know, right my desk like, right next to my bed. And I would just be like, oh, I love them so much. This, oh, it's like they're here. And then I would go to sleep and wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Oh my god, they're here! Like just like fucking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Stripes it's like, and everything, and just vacillating between the the joy of um, oh, it's nostalgic, and oh my god, it's scaring the fucking shit out of me. Um, yeah. That yeah. it just had so many. It, it just that got under my skin in such a crazy way. That movie.
5: The effects are uh, creepy too, because they they have the they have like the melt, the skin melting on Stripe. There's, there's some scary shit in that movie. Nightmares. Oh, yeah.
4: Nightmares. Nightmares. Yeah, and, and, Nightmares. And, like, and like there's a scene in that in the bar scene. It's like the fucking horror oh, yeah. show with these with these vicious fucking monsters. Um, and it's like it's hysterical. There's, there's like the flasher, you know. It's like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh my god. Um, I love, oh God, you know, there's a, I mean, I was a
3: kid, I was a kid <laughs> in the eighties. I, I was born in the seventies, but I, you know, my real childhood was in the eighties and, uh, you know, I like the end of the seventies and the eighties and all of that, like Blade Runner. And, you know, I think the movie that affected me most deeply besides obviously star Wars was, um, you know, seeing star Wars in the theater when I was a little kid was, um, Probably Alien, you know. My dad took me to see Alien in the movie theater when I was Jeez. far too young to be seeing Alien in the movie
1: theater. I, <laughs> you know, I, I was the movie far movie. too young when I saw when I saw Halloween for the first time, and John Carpenter definitely scared the shit out of me as a kid. Uh
3: huh. Yeah. <laughs> the Xenomorphs,
5: though, they must have killed you, George. That's <laughs> like mm-hmm.
3: that's
4: terrifying.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely terrifying, but all the other horror films and, you know, my dad and all those horror guys, they were all buddies, so I was always seeing their movies when I was a little kid. And, you know, I mean, and then there were movies like Conan, the original Conan, oh, yeah. you know, that was fucking awesome. When you're a kid, you're like, like look
2: Conan, man. yeah, you know,
3: and <laughs> 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 but I think the one that really probably, I think the one that really probably sticks with me to this day. Is uh Emma Daughter's jug band Christmas.
4: Holy fuck. I did not think you were gonna say that, but I love that you said that, man. Oh my god. That is so just before heavy metal came on on
3: HBO. I mean, holy crap, dude. Yep.
4: That's like wow.
3: Yeah, wow. which is why I would always watch it. My mom would be like, "What are you going to watch?" And I'd be like, "Emmett Otter." And she'd be like, "Okay," and then she'd go to bed, and I'd be like, "Fucking heavy metal zone." <laughs> <laughs> I love, I
4: love the nightmare. I love the nightmare band in Emmett <laughs> Otters. Thing, they, were, they were, they were like the bad guys. They were the hard rock Emma Otters. Uh,
3: Emmett Otters' Junk Band Christmas was a gateway film into horror and metal. <laughs> <laughs>
4: she hey, heard it <laughs> Do you ever watch fucking Meet the Feebles? If you wanted nightmares, you ever watch Meet oh, the Feebles? Yeah, Peter no, Jackson. Yeah. 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 That's, That's another one.
3: one. That one's good. That's that one, one's, <laughs> that, one,
5: I mean, that one's insanity.
3: All my puppet stuff was fucked up back then. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you watch it watching today, you're like, you're like, damn, this shit was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Dark
4: Crystal. Like, I, I, like Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal scared the
5: hell out of me. I to this day,
3: one of my all-time yeah. favorite movies ever.
5: Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you like, see that as a kid, it's like,
3: fuck. Yeah, the is man, you're like, oh, my God. Just I, I think your
5: brain, your brain thinks they're real as a kid, because like, they're so well yeah. done with the animatronics, that you like, think they're real. Mm-hmm.
4: That
2: fucking puppet, that puppet butterflies.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's I thought it was real. Jesus. Okay, so no, no, absolutely. That that movie scared the fucking bejesus <laughs> out of me, and because you went in there thinking, oh, it's the market. You're like, no, asshole, you're fucked. It's the and the thing that's and the thing that scared me the most was his Gig. His Gig was the first scare. You know, he the little furry guy. Yeah. The oh, was I that little guy? Him? Yeah, I was literally. Oh, uh, the saying,
3: little the little Muppet Pomeranian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out
4: of, of that little hole, and I fucking jumped back at my seat, like hit, the back of the, hit the back of the seat, like slid down, and I had, and I, and I like ripped the hair out of the person who was sitting in front of me, I just ripped their hair out. I back. So, um, okay, let me let me let me finish the show here. We, we do this section of the show and um, called Tales from Beyond the Veil. And um, this is where I ask, you know, I, I, I've i had so many fucking different spiritual, ghostly, UFO experiences. Um, I have, like, categories of experiences, and, and whenever I have artists on my show, uh, especially artists who delve in sci-fi, they always, I feel that they always have some kind of sensitivity to the other side, and... So I, I always ask these questions. So I always, I always got a story I can throw off, but if anybody has a story recently or in their life that, like, you, would be appropriate for Halloween, um, let, it, let us I, know
5: now. I had one, I had one pretty recently, weirdly, because I, I agree with you. I'm always, I, you know, I'll read about paranormal and stuff for hours and hours. You're always searching for it. But just like uh, two, two, a year back, I was at my buddy's house, and we, it, was, it was like uh, midnight. No, no, we weren't drunk or smoking anything. And uh, I, all of a sudden, we hear a tap at the window. And we look out there. I walk over to the window. It's overlooking a park. There's nowhere out there. And a woman's face and hand slaps it, like just into the window staring. And I fell backwards. The thing is, the window's 12 feet up in the air. There's no way she could have climbed up. It was insane. That scared the hell out of me. <laughs>
2: and wait a minute. And then what?
5: And then what? Where was she? <laughs> so, and then we, so we looked at the window. She's gone. We run
2: outside. There's no
5: one out on the street. He lives in like a uh, kind of near a park in San Francisco. And there's just no one no one nearby. So to this day, we don't know how the hell. So we slapped her face against the window 12 feet in the sky. Mm. <laughs> Freak <us> out. <laughs>
2: That's fucked up.
5: I I could not sleep for a week, man. So do you think that she was like a
4: vampire or like a full-body apparition? Like, what are we talking
2: about? Like, was she a girl? Well,
5: because we both saw her. It's like clear as day. Uh, He lived weirdly. He's like half a, he's like 40 feet from here. The Zodiac Killer killed his third victim. (laughs) Like, that guy was a guy. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a homeless lady on Matthew somehow scaled the house, but I it was, it was, we could not find any evidence of that. She was like 65 or something.
2: Man. Sca-
4: yeah. That was, here? <laughs> that
5: was my. That was like What's up? Of the unknown.
4: I want to pitch to you like a maybe like a regular thing for the magazine where we, we call it Tales from Beyond the Veil, and it's just you take these stories and you, we fucking put them in the magazine.
1: That so is just cool. just absolutely insane things. Well, <laughs> just
4: like us, like us, us at literally our us, I, us sitting around, shooting the shit, like just like this what we're doing right now, and, and yeah. like this could literally be in it, and um, and you know we hear Brendan, we hear Brendan's story, and it's like you know you see this, you know, I, this crazy, I, I'm like,
2: any any
5: yeah, the true the true paranormal
4: story is cool.
5: What did you have, Dan? What happened?
4: I mean, oh fuck. You want to hear a ghost story or a UFO yeah. story, fellas?
2: Oh, I'm a, I,
5: I <laughs> saw that UFO, that
4: UFO doc was awesome. It yeah, is,
2: let's know, go UFO. Oh,
4: phenomenon. did you see the phenomenon? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was and, uh, I, insane. I just did a that was podcast. The, the previous podcast I did was was with the director that uh, James Fox. Oh right? no, <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah, yeah.
4: So uh, the phenomenon. People should watch this documentary, um, because for for just to see what the fuck is, you know, what's cooking, you know, what 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 could come,
5: what, what's going on out there, what could happen
4: next, yeah, what could happen next, you know, this could happen next. <laughs> Um is there's a lot of fucking uh they're they're starting to disclose a lot of UFO information. Okay, so you want to hear a UFO story? Shit, I got have you. Sure, what's, what's one I haven't told yet? I mean so wow. Okay, so I I've had many. I've had when I was doing this movie Don Peyote, um I had several where I was. I, I would wherever I went, I would just have like a weird feeling and like fucking look up and just be like, "Oh, the, there's a fleet of UFOs up there." Um, I so okay so okay. Let's talk about the fact that I'm walking down uh, New York, uh, Manhattan. I'm walking home and i i passed the uh the freemason temple on like twenty third street and oh, yeah, yeah. um and i just i'm just like first of all just you know the just the whole the whole freemason thing is just crazy <laughs> i would just if if you're if you're a conspiracy theorist you have to be fascinated with that rabbit hole. So I just so happened to be passing in front of it, looking up and just being, oh, yeah, there's the fucking temple right there. And I look straight up in the air, and I see um, a giant, massive white uh, UFO uh, mothership with many, many, many little tiny white UFOs spilling out of it. Jesus. Um, and uh, not only me, it's the entire fucking block. Everyone is looking up going, what the fuck is that, okay? And um, so, yeah. So there were many witnesses. They all kind of. Did anyone get a picture? Did anyone try to take a picture? I'm sure. I'm sure people had their cameras out. I'm yeah. sure. I I, I I didn't. It was. Um, I think I tried. <laughs> I couldn't it. It was white. That's insane.
5: insane. <laughs> what? And everyone's just, after that, what do you do? Do you
4: just keep walking? Yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> you just, you just fucking, you just go home, you know, and you fucking, and just, you know, contemplate your fucking life. I, I, yeah, I don't <laughs> it. I, It's like, what are <laughs> you doing that? And I, and I've had so many. Okay, so like, so, so the fucking tiny UFOs spill out of this, the mothership. They kind of, like, swar- swarm around the, the, the mothership, and then they all, one by one, go, go back into the mothership, and um, they fucking fly off. Uh, okay. Now I'm in <laughs> California. I'm in California. I'm in uh, Los Feliz, and I'm in this apartment. I'm doing this show called... Uh, what the fuck are they doing? Man Up. Okay, and then uh, I'm sitting in this apartment, Less than one season when it was fucking hysterical. But, um, and I'm sitting <laughs> with this girl and we're smoking pot and I'm talking to her and she looks up over my shoulder and I go, what? And she's like, holy shit, do you see that? And it's over the observatory, over Griffith Park, the same exact fucking thing same exact thing. The I, was, same yeah, actually, actually, I was like, yes, I actually have seen that before. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, saw the, I was like, I saw that over, I was like, fucking two, three weeks ago, I saw that over fucking the Freemason Temple in New, Manhattan, the same exact thing, the mothership and the and the swarm. And I was like, yeah, okay, so the swarm, I was like telling her what's going to happen. It's going to swarm in five <laughs> seconds, and then it's going to fucking, uh, and then it's going to fucking uh, take off, you know.
6: And she was like,
4: "Holy shit! I I I've never seen anything like that. I I see shit like that all the time, and that's 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 just that's even the like the the most you know simplest you know most uh, you know easy story that I have. There's other ones that I have that are just ridiculous. But um, I want to hear some of your guys' stories.
5: Those <laughs> are shocking, Matt. What do you
3: got? <laughs> I like that you saw so the same... I, I, I like that you saw the same thing again. That's, kind of, that's awesome. Yeah.
5: He's recognizing the alien's car models now. He's seen so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: No, no joke, man. I, I've seen orbs. I've seen, like, fucking, like, shit that looked like mini... Like, like mini stars that, that look like aquamarine and shit like that. Zoom out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've seen, um... I've seen shit that looks straight out of uh close encounters. Like one of those fucking ships with the lights oh, yeah. and the beep, blah, 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 blah. seen that shit. See parking
3: lots full of that shit in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen a bunch of shit what? over the the fucking the fucking skies here in rural Kentucky, man, there's always good shit going on in the skies. You know? It's like fucking uh lights appear and zip zip around in these weird patterns that don't make any sense and then Fucking take off like a million miles an hour and disappear. And I mean, it's it, especially in the summer months, we see it a lot on clear nights and things. There's tons of shit in the sky here in Kentucky.
5: Well, I, I was just reading, like, I, you know, Skinwalker Ranch?
3: Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, like the, yeah, you
5: know, yeah. Those yeah. Lights, those lights, that scared the hell out of me. This, the guy, I mean, it's just always the lights moving in unexpected, like, patterns and movements, right? Mm
2: hmm.
5: Oh, George i
1: um, <laughs> Wait so I, I once saw I was I was driving on uh the inter, uh the, the the Long Island inter, uh I don't think it's an interstate but the Long Island uh freeway with one of my buddies his name's Zilia and we were driving back from Jones Beach for a uh, concert that we had gone to and oh, so no, I'm never no, forget this. Her
2: name
1: it. is Hold on her name is Moon Zilia Wait wait what's her name <laughs> <laughs> His name is Ilya. He's a Russian. Oh, okay, good. I got
4: you. Okay, now I got. You. I'm sorry. I so was, I was, I was, I was, you're, you're traveling with a female alien? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> that's yeah, that's the story.
1: So, so, so we're driving on this on this highway back into Manhattan, and yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what we saw, but it was it was something moving throughout the the sky at speeds that I'd never seen before and then four seconds after we saw it uh, fly by us, I shit you not, there were a dozen blacked out SUVs just hightailing it in the direction it was going and Whoa. it was the strangest thing I had ever seen in my entire life. It's weird. Wow. It was was really, really weird.
4: I can't. That's fucked up.
1: (laughs) 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 With (laughs) MindZilla. With MindZilla. You know, I'm not even calling MindZilla now. That's a new name. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even know yet. (laughs) Oh,
4: that's crazy, man. Um, Yeah, I. I'm so curious about that shit. I, I think that I I have um I've had only one person on the show. I've, a lot a lot of people have seen UFOs, um, and anomalies and stuff like that, but there's only one person that I've had on the show that has actually seen a fucking alien.
2: <laughs>
4: like in person. And, oh yeah. Jeez. I might, Jeez. I might have in a, I might have in a dream, and I'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, my buddy, uh, Ryan Hurst, who's been on the show, he talks about this on the podcast, so I'm, I'm talking about mm-hmm. it freely now. He was on, he was on the show. He's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll tell you about. It. He plays Beta on The Walking Dead. Okay, <laughs> big fucking dude. Uh, but he's, he's. He's very spiritual, man. He's, like, very... He's very connected. Uh, and, um... So, he's having a dream. And... He's having, like, some kind of astral flying dream. And then, all of a sudden... Long story short, he's pulled back into his body. He jumps up his bed. And he looks in the fucking... <laughs> he looks in the doorway. And there's a fucking... What you would call the classic gray. Oh, yeah. a little black... In the black jumpsuit with the big fucking eyes and the gray head, you know, and just fucking looking. Oh, my God. And just, and like, with, oh, God. And with, like, a dollar's eye. And was just fucking looking through him, you know, just looking, looking through him. And he's just sitting up in bed. And he looks over. He was like, he, he said I was, like, in slow motion. And I turn around to my girlfriend, and I see her sleeping there. And I'm like, do I wake her up? Like, what the fuck do I do? And then all, and then he said, like all of a sudden, I was back to sleep and, and then you know, back in my astral dream. But it was almost like That's know, it was almost, yeah, it's like he almost like woke up out of the surgery like he, You know what I mean, It's like that.
5: Um, yeah, yeah, like he came through for a second when he was not supposed to.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and uh, the other thing that I that he said, which I thought was fascinating, was the next day he was walking down, he was walking back home. His mm-hmm. apartment, and you saw what can only be described as like MIB trucks, like white fucking uh, Mack trucks, like all white Mack trucks, with guys in like white like weird weird like hazmat suit spraying <laughs> down the electrical spraying down the electrical lines with like this like crazy foam, and he like wolf- and up and he's just like. He's just like, what, what are you guys doing? He's just like, uh, get away, get away from the area. <laughs> and he's, he's like, oh, he's like, okay, that's weird. Uh, you know, and, and so I, I just
5: thought that whole fucking story with that 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 was that Jesus.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's a fucking hell of a story to put in to fuck I got to fucking talk to Ryan about that, but who knows, man. But uh, yeah, I've I heard some I've heard some crazy shit on the show, but that's definitely the craziest. Definitely the craziest. Anyone seen it anyone
5: met any uh anyone met any Sasquatches or or aliens? Oh, or I, you know you know I wish I
2: had.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have actually gone I've i I've gone looking, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, you, you know you went out there. <laughs> I've, I've gone looking. I did a bunch of, like, survival camping and shit back in 2016, and I've camped all around this country a bunch of times. And I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I've gone Bigfoot hunting, but I will say
5: when <laughs> he's I'm – not going to deny it, I'm, either.
3: I'm not going to deny it. When I'm out there with my pack and everything, you know, I might go wandering around kind of hoping I'll find him. That's about it. You know, never did, though. So, I, just, I know he's the out strangest. there.
5: Strangest thing I saw when I was, like, 10, I was out in, a, yeah. I was swimming in Hawaii, and I saw this bright blue turtle, and I was like, so I walked after it, and then the next thing I know, I opened my eyes, and my, I have a massive cut on my leg, and I'm on the beach, and my dad's like, where the hell did you go? I was like, I have no idea. And I had to get, like, stitches on my leg, and I still have a scar. That no was, way. Whoa. Yeah.
2: You were abducted by I the turtle
5: people? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You saw the abyss, right? Was that Harry? You saw that Oh, yeah. oh that's, that's, yeah. I went to the abyss. <laughs> Did you <laughs> look do a sacrifice? <laughs> I, yeah, maybe they took my blood, man. Maybe I'm part turtle. I don't know. That's Jeez, why I, I only write scripts about animals.
2: <laughs> exactly. They
5: they implanted this fucking crazy,
3: savage circus idea. <laughs> <laughs> Into my head at, at, at age eight. <laughs> You know, but it's not a it's not a crazy idea. It's actually their outline for the future. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's like let them know we are coming. We are going to make
5: you I'm the preconditioner for the for the new <laughs> turtle world Oh my
4: god. Everyone must right. wear a shell. Um I'll I'll uh let I'll leave you guys with this one story. And then we'll wrap oh, yeah. it up. I really, I really appreciate you guys coming up, but I uh, only because I brought it up earlier and I should kind of. Okay, so so one time I'm having this dream, okay, and it's super vivid. Super. This is back again when I'm like around 2012 when I'm making this Don Peyote movie, and um, I it's like around you know 3 a.m. and I'm having, like, an astral dream. I'm, like, having, like, a flying dream or something. Very lucid. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. I'm on a spaceship. I'm on a very high-tech fucking spaceship. But, like, everything is... There's no screens. Everything is just, like, fucking augmented reality just like floating before me. Like you can just, just write with your finger in the air if you wanted to, just think it, that kind of thing. And, um, and I look over and there's this like seven foot tall fucking Nordic looking blonde dude with like super blue eyes which I learned later could have been a Palladian or what, I don't know what the fuck these things are. But he's like, and wearing just like white, like white flowing robes talking to like a robot who's, who's, who's uh, <laughs> flying the ship. Okay, so, so the robot's flying the ship and the robot is very, you know, the robot's got a personality of his own, you know, and, and he's just like, all right, I got it, don't worry about it, you know, it's like that kind of thing. And, uh, and the Palladian look, and the whatever, the giant Nordic guy looks over at me and is like, holy shit, <laughs> like what are you doing, man? And uh, I was like, fuck, you tell me, man, I don't know how to fucking <laughs> get you, and, and he, he walks over to me, and he's, ta- I just remember him, ta- I'm, I'm, I'm 5'7", okay, so I come up to the guy's fucking knee back, but I, but I, but it, but I'm like, like telepathically connected to the guy, so it feels like I'm on his level, it's really weird, it's almost like I'm like floating at his eye level, because I'm talking to him telepathically, so he's just like, he's just like, holy shit, wow, you got here on your own, oh, oh that's interesting, um, well, let me show you around, I'm like, cool, I was like, he's like, you like Whoa. the ship, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is fucking great, He's like, yeah, he's like, well, you can just yeah' this right in the air if you want to, hey, let me, let me show you this, uh, let me show you this fucking back room, so he shows me this room, and I'm like, wait, you're not going to fucking probe me, and the guy <laughs> is just cracking up, like, I'm just fucking cracking this fucking guy up, and he's just like, he's like, I like you, I like you, and he's like. And, and he goes uh he goes look at this uh, look at our look at our chalkboard he's like, he's like you know so it's like i guess you'd call it a digital chalkboard and he, we go I go to this room it's very looks like this fucking floating in the air is this very complex equation it it you know it, it looks like fucking like like uh you know Einstein had a wet dream on this fucking on this wall here so, <laughs> I, 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 so I, I look i'm looking at it and I just see a couple of symbols that I recognize, and some, some sacred geometry. And I was like, oh, I get it. This is like the, the, the life equation, right? And he goes, yeah, this is the equation for life. And I go, oh, okay, cool. And he's looking at me and he goes, um, do you uh, think that you can bring that back to, to your people, to everybody? And I look at him and I go, "Are you fucking nuts? I'm not gonna remember this when I wake up." And he starts, laughing, "Okay," and, I, and then I suddenly wake up laughing my ass off. I am just laughing, and laughing, like I was, like I was just there with the guy. Never woke up like that in my life where I was just like, not not groggy at all, but perfectly like right out of sleep, like and like, like a totally like scared the shit out of my fiance. She, like, jumps up in bed. like, what the fuck are you laughing at? I, it, was, oh it God. was, crazy, man. It was the most, one of the most, probably the most vivid dream I've ever had. It was like I was there with the guy. That's my new favorite That's alien wild. thing. So.
5: you cr- You cracking up an alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you could have remembered the equation. damn you could have saved us all.
1: You st- you- so you still can't remember the equation.
4: I think. Let me tell you something, man. I think I do. I, I think that I think that I do remember those symbols, and they've been haunting me. Um, and it's and it's like definitely come come out in my research and my work, and siphoned into my work. And I feel like like I, I, I like I I definitely remember what I saw as far as the symbology for the um, flower of life, and the seed of life, and I'm mean, like, I saw all that shit, the cube of life, you know, all of these things, Metatron's cube, like, and then I, and, and so then you look at my work, and all I have is, I, you know, Brooklyn Gladiator, the the, 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 the puppet master behind everything is Tesla, you know, everything leads back to fucking Tesla, and he, that's what, he was trying to give that to everybody, free energy, um, this all comes back to the same fucking thing. And, and so I feel like, yeah, somehow, th- that experience has found its way into my work, you know. I think it's cool. You know, it, it, it's much later. It's definitely much, much later. Like, I I wish I had a photographic memory. I wish I could have just fucking woke up and laughing, just being like, ha, 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 ha. Honey, <laughs> guess what? I'm about to save the world, you know. like, I, I, You know, I, I, but you know what's weird is... um I feel like if I did know it perfectly, I feel like people <laughs> like that are immediately triangulated by black helicopters. You know, like taken by the government and yeah. like put in dark, dark holes somewhere. It's like you are never going to get this information out to anyone. You know, like like I feel like so it's kind of good that I, that didn't
1: happen. Um, uh, anyway, a hundred percent. You're
5: sending
3: animals uh, You're
5: sending blue turtles. <laughs> yeah.
3: I think what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen after your whole life is over and all of your accomplishments and everything, like right at the end, you're going to scribble down all these symbols in no particular order, and it's going to be your <laughs> Rosetta. <Bowl. laughs> <laughs> 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 and generations to come. A exactly. <laughs> generations to come will go mad trying to decipher your dead ramblings. <laughs> You'll have, your, you'll have your own religion around it. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh my
1: God. All
4: this time. All this time.
2: <laughs> he didn't we, we thought Foster was a fucking clown, but he really
1: had a beautiful <laughs> mind. <laughs>
4: Um, but you but guys,
1: isn't, isn't that, isn't that the, uh, that is kind of uh, the, uh, the plot point for Professor Trelawney? Bring it full circle back to Harry Potter is th- th- this fun character who had one moment of clairvoyance that nobody believed. That's what's going on.
3: Oh yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> that's
5: math. <laughs> Except I believe math. <laughs> you guys,
4: you guys are an absolute delight. Uh, I uh Thanks for having I, us on, Dan. It's fun. Yeah, it's yeah, been man. a good time. Guys, yeah, this is gonna be a fun episode, man. I uh you guys are a blast. And I can't wait to just keep on collaborating with you all and, and um Yeah. I feel like this is you know, this is knock on wood. This is the beginning of a lot of uh beautiful creativity I would say. Um totally. So uh Agreed. yeah. Uh
1: as long, and, uh, as, long yeah. as we can have killer giraffes, I'm in.
3: <laughs> yeah. Nice.
4: Happy Halloween. This has everybody. been awesome. Uh, yeah. Have have a uh, blast. Stay safe. and, I'll, and I'll, I'm sure I'll uh, touch base with all of you at some point. And and um, but fuck, thanks for coming on, you guys. In the back. <laughs>
3: awesome. <laughs> thank uh, you, thank, brother. Thank you so much for fight.
2: having us,
5: man. That was so much
3: fun. Yeah, man.
5: And go listen nice. to seriously Carl immediately, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just heard the real life
4: version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where do, All right, guys. where do you
3: think I got that idea?
4: All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, okay. see you guys.
3: Thanks. Later, guys. Bye. Later. Since the
2: invention of fire, man has spun stories of gods and monsters.
0: From a million years in the future, Heavy Metal presents
6: Wonder Work. When you've got two forces gearing up for a battle, more often than not, it's the side with the most guns, most men, and most artillery that winds up on top. But that's not the case in our next story. Because this yarn features a monster whose weapons of choice are surprise, confusion, and, well, (laughs) You'll see Bringing terrifying new meaning to the term Guerrilla Warfare This is Savage Circus Thanks for the drinks, gentlemen Where I'm from That means I owe you a story Are they with you? (laughs) Oh, shit Gather round, all of you. You miss. Sit here next to me. I think I have the perfect story for a group such as yourselves. It should have been the best day of our fucking lives. Head kicked our asses out of Saigon. We'd spent six months trekking through a jungle where even the goddamn bugs will kill you. We were after this son of a bitch Kong sniper who'd been peppering our men with Russian made 762 since March. He gave the sergeant's son a full frontal lobotomy in some field near Lao K. So we were HFM, highly fucking motivated to bag this asshole. We'd been on his tail for four months we could just about taste him. Tired, worn out, losing men by the day, the guys spoke openly about fragging Sarge's ass, not because they didn't like him, just to get six hours of goddamn sleep. So when word rolled in that we were going home, the camp erupted. The boys were rightfully overjoyed. Me? I was glad that my brothers were all getting to go home, but shit, I was home. When I got here, I wasn't qualified to pump gas. Now, I was a man. A lean, mean, killing machine. I could survive in the fucking jungle for weeks on end, and I loved it. So when they said we were heading home, all I knew was I was about to lose the only family I ever had outside of foster care and trade the bush for a concrete jungle, which was twice as brutal and a shit ton less exciting. But just as Perez was about to go pull a few coconuts off the trees to mix with the old Clary Brothers' homemade shine, the Sarge dropped the other boot. He told us that sniper wasn't but a half a click away. He was sure of it. Sergeant Devereaux was definitely going after him. He had to. Fucker killed his son. But he gave us a choice. Fly back to the U.S. of A. Or follow old Sarge a little deeper into the wilds of Vietnam for one last go at it. What the hell else could we do? Got ourselves suited and booted for one last fire walk into the shit. A lot of people don't get to know when their lasts are going to be. Last time walking on the beach. Last time hugging your mother. But not us. We knew this was our last patrol. And that had everyone spooked. Every stick, every linger. That's a Vietnamese monkey for you fucking hippies that dodged Uncle Sam. Any noise had our necks on a swivel. That dumbass Carlo let off half a clip on account of him hearing a cricket jerk too close. Fucking guy was always losing his head. I mean, even Riggs was spooked. And that bastard had a fucking necklace of ears around his neck, including one of his own. Saw him take it from a mouth after a nasty bayonet scuffle. So when I looked over and saw his brow full of sweat, man, my stomach dropped into my shorts. By the time Sarge told us we were half a click out, we found ourselves triple-checking the gear we had just finished double-checking. As we got closer, the brush got thinner. One second you have to hack your way through vines the size of Steve, Hercules, Reeves' arm. And then, boom, you're out of the tree line. And that's what happened. We stopped right before the clearing and scoped it out. Hmm. No Charlie. No movement. No nothing. It's not common to come across an abandoned village that wasn't burned to the ground. So Sarge sent me and Zero in. From the jump, this didn't feel like an ambush. This was something else. I whispered the little I knew of the Lord's Prayer and kept my eyes open. wish I didn't because I realized pretty quickly it wasn't no trap. No one on earth needs to see what we walked into. Bodies, if you can call them that, were strewn everywhere. Arms, legs, organs that aren't supposed to see the light of day. Spent bullet casings were stacked a few inches high on the ground, but nobody been shot. They were flattened, brained by Huge boulders we saw scattered around. Someone took a wrecking ball to this place. I heard a gasp, spun around, and found myself looking down the barrel at a dead man. Or a dying man, that is. Clutching a moose and nagget sniper rifle. It was a Kong sniper. He was covered in blood and afraid. He wasn't clutching that rifle to shoot at us. He was looking past us. Scared of something else. Oblivious to the US forces standing in front of him. It's him, Sarge! Sergeant Clark Devereaux came out of that bush on a mission. He walked past the bodies, not even blinking an eye at the meat grinder next to him. He just went right after that sniper. Pulled out his K-Bar knife. The sniper didn't react to the Grim Reaper that was heading his way. He just kept repeating one word. two. But, but This stopped when Sarge plunged that six-inch uh, the man's chest. Damn son of a bitch. Sarge wiped his blade on his pants, told us to unpack. We sleep here tonight. Now, I'm not sure about you, but when I think of a peaceful night in the great outdoors, I don't usually picture sleeping next to piles of gore. But me and the guy said, fuck it. We're leaving this shit soon anyways. Let's give it a proper send off. Shininess, some rock and roll, little herb from God knows where. And guess the fuck what? We suddenly felt a little better. It was the end of the shit. And God damn if it finally felt like it. Even though I had to take a piss like a waterlogged racehorse, I stuck around for the end of Perez's salsa dance. <laughs> when would I see that shit show again? Riggs couldn't fucking breathe, and Giancarlo was trying to join in on the action. Even the twins had big dumb smiles on their faces. After the second Encore, couldn't fight nature anymore. I pushed aside some jungle, unzipped, and let out a stream that would put fucking Sea Biscuit to shame. While I was watering a patch of bamboo, I smiled. Smiled because of the boys. Because of what they did for me. Smiled for what they helped me become. It was the last time I'd smiled for three and a half years. As I walked back towards the campsite, I heard the music cut off. Everyone was rushing for their gear. I asked Riggs what the hell was going on. He pointed the woods and started saying something when a rock half the size of a Honda appeared out of nowhere and fucking obliterated him. I mean, his body literally exploded. Sprinted towards my rifle. Clear twins had the same idea because they were at their backpacks rummaging through their shit. They turned towards me. Just as two massive, hairy hands grabbed Kevin's head and yanked him into the brush, Owen began to scream. We heard some movement coming towards us in turn. The top half of Kevin's body was thrown at our feet. He still clawed in the dirt as his intestines were spilling out from where his legs used to be. When he died, his brother lost him and unleashed hell with his M90, cutting into the jungle like a John Deere on speed. Leaves shot through the air, Trees toppled over, gun went dead, and that's when that thing returned fire. A 40-pound rock shot out from behind the brush. It hammered into the front of Owen's forehead, snapping his head so violently, his spine ripped through the front of his chest. The brothers died next to each other. I rolled back towards the campfire, old ball-sized rocks now raining down on us like suppressive fire. One exploded into flames, lighting the surrounding jungle on fire. It became hell on earth. The heat was unbearable. Zero, joint still hanging from his lip, was losing it. He was clutching a tree, shaking. He didn't have to be scared long because a figure at least seven foot tall, 270, grabbed him from behind and dragged him into the darkness. I could still hear his screams. With the fire closing in, I found Sarge and Perez taking cover near the side of a burning hut. I asked where everyone else was, and almost like an answer, the severed head of Giancarlo slammed into a wall behind us. And with it, died all hopes of having his famous pasta sauce ever again. In a matter of minutes, half the squad was wasted by an invisible enemy using unconventional means. Sarge turned to me, told me to run for Bro, it, make you back, the the back base, to the base, report on what happened. I refused. I couldn't leave my brothers behind. I didn't have anything. At least Perez had six or seven fiancés back home, but I was youngest. Lois in command, and Sarge was giving me a fucking order. The others would cover my retreat. I nodded and said my goodbyes. They counted. Three. Two. One. I ran for the tree line. Bullets decimating the space behind me. Running for safety. So I thought, when I got to the brush, I realized I was running right at him. That monster was standing right in front of me. Oh, fuck. It moved like an orangutan that was fed a steady diet of spinach and barbells for years. It slowly lowered itself onto the ground and came toward me. It was green moss growing all over its skin, gigantic arms hanging off of its body like a spider. As it ambled toward me, I just tried to figure out what kind of lie I was gonna spit to St. Peter at those pearly gates. Move! Suddenly Sergeant Clark pushed me to the ground. He opened up with his pistol firing round after round at the beast. This gave me the chance to run and I took it. I began to sprint through the bush, hopping every log, spinning by every vine. I wish I didn't look back, but I did. Sarge was picked up and held with that monster's. Giant arms. See you in hell, motherfucker. And the fucking man bit his head clean off. I forget how long it took, but I got back. Last of my squad alive. After I dragged my sorry ass back to headquarters... I became the center of an investigation. They thought I went nuts and iced my own men. No one believed my giant rock monster story. I would have been court-martialed if it was any other war, but well, this was Nam. Everyone just wanted to go home. They threatened to sectionate me, mark me as mentally unfit for service. Me! <laughs> Get out of my fucking courtroom, son. So I packed my shit, but I didn't go home. How could I after what that thing did to my squad? What I did was grab the biggest fucking gun and march my ass back into that godforsaken jungle to hunt the rock beast down. Any means necessary. Maybe I was marching in there to fucking die. Or maybe I was looking for a reason to live. And if so, why not pay back? Luckily, on the way out, a young clerk, a Vietnamese kid named Trung, stopped me. He told me what I was describing in the office sounded like the Batute Rock Ape. I stopped him right there. Batute, same thing Sniper said right before old Sarge gave him what he deserved. According to Trump, the Rock Ape is a local terror, half legend, half public threat. The beast has been killing the people of Vietnam for as long as they can remember. And if there's one thing about the Vietnamese, they fucking remember. I told him that's about to end, my friend. We were gonna form a crew, all locals. We were gonna find that thing. and We're gonna get some goddamn vengeance. And that's what we did. We assembled a crew of the meanest of the mean. We took anyone who knew the land. NVA, VC, expats too crazy to go home. We formed an ape hunting squad. The people in our crew were trying to kill each other in the jungle just weeks before. But without the brass telling us we hated each other, we were free to set our sights on a more natural enemy. That damned dirty ape. Three and a half years in the jungle, using what Sarge taught me. Toward the end, we were hardly recognizable, fully bearded. Scarred, weathered. We looked like the beast we were after. Along the way, my men had been captured, killed by both sides, fucking tortured. Everything the jungle could throw at you. But we never got more than a whiff of a clue. A telltale stack of boulders or oversized animal turds. We chased down every local tale that fit the profile. Missing kids, lost dogs, prints only King Kong could make. They were all what you'd expect, except one, the last one. The tip that a village near the outskirts of Moon Mountain had been pummeled with boulders. Now, being that it's under a mountain, it was easy to dismiss as a rock slide, but we happened to pass it as we made our way east. I knew it was him instantly. The place was torn to shreds, blood, boulders, no survivors, it was him. We followed the blood flats, trapped him down to a cave about four clicks from the massacre. We thought we had the motherfucker by surprise. So we began setting traps around the cave. We planned to lure him out, snare it, kill it. It was a moment we'd been planning for three years and the plan was foolproof, absolutely solid. We had the place rigged to the tits Nothing could fuck this up. Until I heard a slight wind coming from the cave. Wind passing through. It wasn't a cave. It was a tunnel. There was another entrance. I went to warn Trung, but figured he found out for me on account of I found him with his head tore off. Where are you, motherfucker? This time I wouldn't run. No, we would stand and fight. Jory sure, had to drop on us, but I already saw this guy in action. I knew how he'd fight. While the rock 8 tore apart another buddy of mine, I opened fire. Learned a valuable lesson that day. Don't buy your guns in the back streets of Saigon. I might as well have had my dick in my hands. I tossed the worst piece of Vietnamese metal to the ground and grabbed a wooden spear. Those can't fucking misfire. I ran at the thing, spear clutched, running at certain death. What a fucking moron I was. I stabbed the beast in the back and let out a howl. Turn. Spear still sticking out of its back. I was eye to eye with this thing. Now I had its fucking attention. And that's exactly what I wanted. The thing is, I knew that bamboo piece of shit wouldn't kill the thing. But I didn't need it dead yet. I just needed its attention. It turned and swung it. I ducked. Its massive arm shot over my head and cracked a tree trunk dead in half. I took off running, just like I hoped. It followed me. The thing bounded across the ground, swinging, nearly grabbing me. Let me tell you, I'm pretty sure I broke the land speed record that day. I saw just peeking out in front of me, two of my ex-cons in the woods. These cop-suckers probably used this same trick against our own men, but I wasn't complaining now. I dived forward. I could feel one of its nails drag across my back. It almost had me. But instead, I had it. My Kong friends yanked up the net at the same time the Rock ape triggered a trip line. A snare whipped around his legs while the net totally enveloped him. It looked like a sow on Easter. hog and thrashing. I walked over to the Rocky. My white whale. Pulled out my M1911 pistol. Same one I had that night. And racked back around. I wanted to watch it die. But it was whimpering, crying. It was confused, scared. In pain, all I could think of was my old dog, Banjo. This wasn't a man, it was a critter. I stared at the monster, the beast that killed my friends, my only family, only to realize. Well, shit, that's me. Gotta set up my tent in Mount Juliet by tonight. What? You wanna know what happened? Let's just say that when I got back home in 69, the summer of love, I'd brought back a little piece of the jungle with me. If you make it out to Mount Juliet tonight, look me up. The end of the story will be waiting for you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go spread the good word. Tonight, for one night only, gather around and see the wonders of the world. The most dangerous beasts walk among us. If Mother Nature consummated with the devil, these would be their children. This is the Savage Circus! <laughs>